Welcome back to In Black and White. I am your host, Ethan Michael, and alongside me is none other than one of my favorite people on the entire planet, Mr. Wood Blackheart. You are too kind. What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of In Black and White. Glad you're here with us. I know there's some things going on that you might not be tuned in here, but we want to invite you to check us out for the next hour as we cover a few things that are taking place and some racial experiences that we wanted to just kind of talk about and have a friendly conversation around. Ethan, Michael, how's your week been so far? It's been good. It's I've been so swamped, like work, day job, kicking my butt. Like I'm sitting there earlier today. I took a snapshot. I had like one laptop here, a laptop to the left of me and a laptop to the right of me. And I'm like, <laughs> because you're I, the IT guy, you're the I, IT yeah. guy. I am. So literally, I'm just sitting there and people are pinging me and I'm like, oh man, there's just so much I have to do, you know, and particularly since I work from home now, uh, I have to keep all the equipment at my house. Mm. So yeah, I have literally just boxes of electronics and laptops that, you know, I have to ship out to other people and et cetera. I probably shouldn't be talking about that live, you know, <laughs> Well, I never we'll slide past that. So yeah. <laughs> but if there's anyone watching that needs IT resources, reach out to Ethan Michael. <laughs> and you should start consulting. Um, um so yeah, it's been a, a busy week, uh filled with shows. Got two shows today. Uh got uh, only a show, one show, sorry, two shows tomorrow, too. Tomorrow on YFNA News. Do you know what we're gonna be doing, Rick? What are we gonna be doing? Holly and I are going to be interviewing a police officer mm. and the topic defunding the police. Whew. I can't wait to check that I'm one out. Excited. Nothing better than three white people talking about <laughs> defunding the police. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Here's the thing though, Ethan, and I'll say this. I've said this before on the show and I've said it in other interviews, man. It's the white people that need to have the conversations, right? <laughs> so, we're the we can't dismantle, right? <laughs> We're not going to dismantle racism by just having black people talking about it. White people need to be having the conversations yeah. too. So I'm glad you're taking that on, you and Holly. That's going to be a great show. Yeah, but you know, more importantly, I shouldn't say more importantly, you and I are having going to have a really good show next Thursday. We have oh, yes, two right next Wednesday. Um, next Wednesday. Sorry, I'm still used to our Thursday schedule, but right. next. Wednesday at 5 p.m., we have two American-bred conservative Republican women coming on this show. Uh, one in particular is adamant Trump supporter. I am pumped to talk to her. Um, but here's the cool thing. They're going to be able to offer two different perspectives because one is a Christian Republican Trump supporter, and the other is an atheist Republican Trump supporter. So I think that's a good way where we can get both sides of the support for Donald Trump, particularly because I do genuinely get confused when other atheists support Trump, even though they don't go hand in hand. I'm aware of that. It's just like finding a leprechaun. It's not very common. I just have questions for anyone that's a Trump supporter. So I'm excited to talk to them because I have so much that I'm going to learn from them and I'm excited to talk to them. How about I invite you over for a family family dinner, Rick? No, because I'm good. 
<laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, because in my family, except my brother, is Republican and is voting for Donald Trump. Oh, Ethan, I'm so sorry oh, that you and your oh. brother have to be bothered with that. <laughs> we can do an in episode of In Black and White from my home. We'll get my family around <laughs> and we'll talk about all the racial issues. As long as you all are serving soul food at this dinner uh, <laughs> gathering, then sure. <laughs> I did tell you I can make better ribs than your husband, didn't I? I don't think that you can make better ribs, but it's fine. We'll we'll let you believe that until you what we have this cookout. Listen, <laughs> um, I, I'm excited about that show to to be able to to bring some perspective around because I still have questions. But um, a couple of things that I wanted to cover real quick here. Um, I completely forgot on our last episode to say, I wanted to publicly say thank you to everyone who sent birthday wishes. Um, and for some of you who have sent texts for uh, a happy birthday text, I had a new number change, you know, COVID, financial crisis, so on and so forth. So got a new number. If you need to get that number, send me a message, a message on Messenger, and I'll get that number to you. Um, and, and also, uh, happy Hispanic Heritage Month. I forgot to say that last uh, last week too. It's Hispanic Heritage Month. I better text my stepdad and my brother and be like, yeah, uh, you probably should you won't remember." Like, so my, my stepdad came here when he was uh, eight, 18 years old from Mexico, mm. and I can't tell you how many rants he goes into about Mexican culture <laughs> and, and, and Mexican pride. Like some of the things I hear him say, I'm like, Dude. "Is Mexican pride a thing?" Um. Okay. Sorry. I should maybe say like. Uh, I, I mean, it is when it comes to like. Cinco de Mayo in America and uh, like I forgot which other day they they celebrate but I remember particularly like when they were celebrating a Mexican Independence Day mm -hmm. and we're driving through and he's like what is up you're you're in America get rid of these damn friggin Mexican flags and support the country I was like oh, damn man. He's, yeah oh. he's, he's oh. actually pretty conservative like and he's a Trump supporter too huh uh I don't think he cares Oh. So, uh, like, yeah, if I talk, like, he is uh, religious, um, but I don't think he's a Trump supporter. Like, he was very disappointed when he found out that I was not a uh, Christian. Uh, oh, I can imagine that. It's not a very happy. rich Catholic Christian country, that Mexico. Yeah. Hey, shout out to and hello to all the people that are watching with us. Thank you so much for joining us on In Black and White on our new time Wednesdays at 5 p.m. on YFNE News. And if you're watching this on Facebook, I can see a couple people on my page and Rick's page. Um, if you can click the link in the description, it'll bring you over to YouTube. It really helps us out because at some point we are going to stop sending these to our Facebooks and going to focus primarily on building our YouTube channel. So uh, give us a hand, click the link and go to YouTube. One of the other things a moment ago, Rick, you had brought up like financial crisis and I really want to do a review of Donald Trump's speech yesterday, but one of the things, he, many of the things he said stuck in my head, but one in particular, when he said, if you elect Biden, there will be no stimulus because Biden doesn't want to get, he's, Biden doesn't want to give out money. Like, I'm pretty sure the left is firm on giving money back to the people. This bill that the House has passed, which is primarily for those of you that don't know, is um, is a predominantly Democrat. The House passed uh, 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 the relief package, I believe they call it the Heroes Act, and it's been in the Senate for I don't even know how many months now, which 
Yep. Mitch McConnell is the leader of, and that we'll get to him a little bit later on. However, yeah, the, the left is pretty firm on sending money out. In fact, I believe it's the, the right that's been saying, hey, that's too much money. We want to dial it back a great deal. Well, you we know, want to dial it back and send it to the corporations is what they want to do. And then there's that. And exactly. that, that Meanwhile, <laughs> people like myself who have been out of work for six months finally got a job. Um, and I've lost 20 pounds for, 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 because of that job. I'm really excited about the 20 pounds that I've lost. looking good. Yeah, looking thanks. Good. I appreciate it. It's got on my face and everything. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm pretty sure the, the, the right is what's holding up that financial relief to people like myself and other people who have been struggling in this financial crisis that is COVID-19 as well as a health crisis. Real quick, though, for the people that are watching on Facebook, when you do go over to YouTube and those of you that are watching on YouTube, please make sure that you are liking and subscribing to the YFA News channel. Check out all of our content that's on this channel, including the 13% that airs on Mondays at 7 p.m. with the host Cynthia McDonald and Arthur Ward as they talk about issues, policies, and politics that affect the Black community. Everyone should be involved in the conversation about what's impacting any marginalized community, especially the Black community, too, as well. So we invite you to check that out. But make sure that you're liking, subscribing, and sharing this on your platform. Click that alarm button so that you can get alerts for all of our new content. When is political perspectives coming back? So that's, that's you know, what I've been trying to figure out. So I originally, I was planning to bring it back in October. However, I'm thinking a, what I talked to you about in the green room is starting next week with, you know, we're having the Trump supporters on, why do you support Trump? Leading into the election for the next few weeks, in black and white, we'll focus on, the election and the candidates and talk about them and we'll add the call-in feature so people can you know give us a call and either explain why they support donald trump or biden and you know share their thoughts with us so political perspectives i guess is on hold pending what you and i decide for in black and white over the next month because i don't want to really bring it back this month if you and i are doing the same thing you know what i mean Absolutely. And if you are someone who's voting down ballot and don't support either of the two candidates that are in the forefront, we want to hear from you too as well. Hashtag Cynthia McDonald and Arthur Ward. Um, I, I think that being a part of this, 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 this election is super important, especially with what we've just learned in the revelation of Breonna Taylor. And we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about that here in, in just a bit, too, as well. Hey, also, if in the event um, you are tuning in in uh, on YouTube or on Facebook, preferably YouTube, check out the Patreon links. And we have some chat Patreons, but I think we'll talk about that a little later on, too. But I think Ethan keeps that at the to the end of the show. Yeah, actually, hang on. I should uh, pull that back up. So I'm so I'm ready for it. I- I, uh, I just saw a comment that uh, we should be making content uh, on TikTok and the person that uh, HW Freeze Harry uh, mentioned my government name. For those of you that might be watching on YouTube, pay no attention to that name. That name is not something that I respond to. However, uh, we'll talk about that on another episode of another of another show. TikTok content, Harry, I'm sorry. I don't know anything about making content on TikTok. I tried to figure it out and I'm too old and I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay, so same problem here. I have TikTok, but I haven't uploaded videos in months because they're literally like 
I'm clearly showing my age because all I'm doing is dancing and I have no idea how to edit the videos and add those like flashy things. It's so Snapchat filters. I had to have someone show me how to do that. And they're going through teaching me and I'm like, okay, you know, I don't care. I just, I want someone to know what I look like. I don't want to be like, Hey, look at me, you know, with all these, <laughs> on my face. you know what I mean? Like this, hang on, hang on. I got it. <laughs> yeah, check it out that's like the pictures they send like the most confusing angles like <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen ethan michael figuring out technology who is the it guy nonetheless listen um i i, I was talking to somebody very recently about my the end of my gaming lifespan and that was like dreamcast into no 64 era I think the end of my social media platform is Snapchat. Like I figured out Snapchat. I got that. That's fine. But I'm, I'm, I'm done after that. TikTok is, I just, I don't get it. It's, it. it's confusing to me. And I don't think that I have any more effort or patience to try to go, that, that goes into figuring it out. I, I just don't have it anymore. It's, it's, it's intricate, man. It really is. It really is. It is. So should we get into the topic? Let's talk a little bit about a few of our topics. So we were going to, yes, fix the light. It's it's hard being white in America with a light that's white. <laughs> First <laughs> that's, and, and a black light wouldn't help you yet either. So uh oh dude, Rick. Don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> in black and white will not have a white light and a black light for the <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, I'm so uh, doing that. Oh, so, hey guys, thanks for joining with us and laughing. If you're laughing at us, we're just having a bit of a of a of a chuckle here because today has been a rough day um, with the announcement of the the non charges, really, but the uh, updated information on the Brianna Taylor case. And so we'll get to that in just a bit. But I wanted to have a a bit of a friendly discussion with uh, with my buddy, my friend, and, and uh, co-host here, Ethan, around racial experiences. And it came from a, a similar, I mean, a recent situation where I was driving home through a community that was predominantly white. And while we were driving past, we just left a, a bar hanging out with a friend. And as we were driving through the community, uh, we thought we had passed a police officer. And there were some initial reactions that took place. Um, and I personally felt it was surrounding race. Um, what you're supposed to do, yes, in front of the police officers, but also just if you're in a white community. You may have seen very recently, I was a guest on the show Atheistasis with Jenna Belk. And we talked about the difference in being in a predominantly white establishment versus being in a predominantly black establishment, so on and so forth. So, Ethan, I kind of wanted to get your perspective about any of your experiences that you've had as maybe being the only white person or just your uh, awareness or understanding of race as it pertains to situations that you've been in versus situations that I've been in. So, for example, as we got through the, uh, the community, the first thing that I initially did was take off my hat, right? Because my, my, as we drove past a police officer, or at least what we thought was a police officer, I took off my hat because I'm thinking, I don't want to look like a thug, right? I don't want to look like I'm up to something as we're in an SUV, you know, slightly tinted, tinted windows, right? right? So I'm thinking perception. 
first thing I do, I take off my hat. And then I think to myself, because as I'm with my fiance and I, we, we have bald heads, like two bald black men in the front seat. I'm aware of all of this. These are the things that come to mind. Have you ever had an experience where, you know, you had to think about your race at the forefront of making a decision? So, okay, uh, let me actually, I, I can go into this with a, with a small story. So sure. jumping back to my younger years, you know, I didn't always understand, like, I didn't think about race. I didn't have to, you know, white privilege. So oftentimes when, when, uh, my black friends would talk about some of the, um, things they experienced, I, I didn't understand it. Cause I would, when I would see them, I'd be like, well, you're, you're black. I'm white. Like, what's the big deal? I don't care. Cause I didn't put much stock in it. I didn't understand it. My the first time where I actually I, I I experienced it, there wasn't really a like an issue, but I had gotten asked to come to uh, help this girl do karaoke at a family event. It was like a large party at a home uh, for about seventy five to a hundred people, and uh, the uh, co host with me uh, was black, and I didn't think much of it. And the house she brought me to. I was the only white person there. And that was the first time where I was like, I sat and looked around. I'm like, okay, I now know what it feels like to be, you know, not, not sorry, not deal with issues, but I know what it feels like to be out, feel like you're outnumbered or feel like you're the, uh, where race could be an issue where you're like, Hey, is everyone looking at me? Cause I'm the only white person here. Now, granted, I in no way, like I didn't, feel super uncomfortable, but that was the first time where I put myself in the shoes or tried to put myself in the shoes of a black individual and, um, be like, uh, sorry, I just saw a comment minute dude says white privilege. I'm done, dude. I'll be the first to admit I have white privilege. Like I don't see why being aware of the privileges we do have, uh, is a problem. I mean, I can walk into a store, which I've done many times with a backpack, hat, and hoodie on, and I don't get bothered. But I can't tell you how many times I've seen a, a black individual come in at the gas station or at the store later on, and there it's immediately, put your bag outside. It's like, I'm thinking like, I, I never had to think about these things. But as you just said, you actually have to sit there and be like, wait, do I have to take my hat off? Do I have to you know, adjust the way I look? These are things white people do not need to think about very often. Um, exactly. Have I ever been jumped for being white? Um, I, I could say I was picked on in high school by a, a, a small minority of people that escalated into a fight where I was the only white person, but I don't believe I was jumped specifically because I was white. I'm not really sure where you're going uh, with that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure about that, but I will say this: <clears throat> um, I think it's very important to to heritage. Wait, was it heritage wealth planning that what, that made the comment about? Yeah, heritage wealth planning. Um, that it's it's important to be uh, aware of white of of privilege in, in any regard. And I, I've said this time and time again as I'm putting in and doing the work of of understanding anti-racist. Uh, uh, excuse me, 
um, anti-racism, right? Putting the anti-racism work that I'm uncovering where privileges lie that I that I that I have the benefit of, right? And, and even being a male in this patriarchal society, I've uncovered, and, and especially with um, who's in the chat here, Brandywine, and my other sisters who have been a, an advocate for women's rights and and visibility for 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 women. There are privileges as a man that I that I that I have that I'm I'm becoming more aware of, and it's the anti-racism work that I'm doing that that has has brought that to to the forefront for me. So having an awareness of your privilege is essential, in fact, in being able to change how we operate as a country and as a culture and as a society. There's nothing wrong with with understanding your white privilege. It's what you do with that understanding that makes a difference. Having shows and conversations like this, being aware. You know, to make changes in in my own personal uh, actions and interactions with people, um, and holding other people accountable for for situations that are different. That's where it, it it benefits understanding where your privilege is. You know, when I when I when I drove through the community and I took my hat off, and I had to be aware of of my race because we were in a predominantly white area. It it it's it's unfortunate that this is the reality for marginalized communities in this country, specifically black Americans in, in, in regards to this conversation, um, that, that we have to engage in, 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 in several different you know, environments or engagements alone um, with that awareness, right? We have to be cognizant of that. I was having a conversation with, on, on Jenna Belk's show about my contribution to, to white supremacy. And I think there were some viewers who were, I guess, uh, unclear about you know how I, I've contributed to white supremacy, but I think that in growing up, having the mindset of I I have to act a certain way so that I don't threaten white people um, and, and and ensure that white people are comfortable around me has been an awareness of mine since I was in elementary school, right? And because I was in a predominantly white school, but that was kind of the norm because predominantly white schools, predominantly white areas were seen as the good schools or the good neighborhoods right, um, right? but I, I couldn't be a threat to 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 white people in you know in that area in that in that community in that school or in in someone's presence and and that's the unfortunate reality that I don't think people get when, it, when we talk about race and racial awareness that there is a cognitive you have to have this 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 understanding of 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 your race when it comes to how you engage as a black person, specifically with white people because of the white supremacist society that we have in our country. Huh. Um, no, I would like to give a, a, um, an analogy or sorry, reference a quote that I heard the other day. And it said uh, a man in a group, uh, sorry, in a, in a room surrounded by women is happy. A woman in a room surrounded by men is terrified. And one of my women friends posted that. And I was like, it's pretty spot on because it, it, if there's one thing I have learned from most of my friends being women is that there is a serious, serious problem with uh, sexual harassment. And even further, I'm not going to say the word, but I think you know where I'm going. It happens too frequently um to, to give you an example i invited a, a friend over and i offered for her 
to to park in the garage. And she was like, I, I do know you, but there are a few things I've been taught and I don't know you well enough to do that. And I'm like, I'm thinking, what, what are you talking about? She goes, notice my shoes are always at the door, right with my keys. She's like, and my car is always in an area where I can quickly get out. She goes, in a garage, I can't escape easily. She's like, these are things I was taught. Uh, she goes, think about the first time you know we met up. She goes, you parked uh, underground. She goes, I parked on top under a light. You never have to worry about these problems. I do. And I'm like, I felt so bad for even offering her like to park in the garage. But after she pointed out, I'm like, that's horrible that people have to live like that. It sucks. You know, I think the best commonality that I've been able to to use for these racial conversations, specifically with white men, but white people in general, is that is that commonality, that analogy of this masculine society, this patriarchal privileged society that we have to, to kind of give some resonance um, around what this really looks like. Um, but I don't think that it ever really does enough. It, it doesn't hold enough weight to when we talk about racial issues specifically between black and white and, 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 and the uh, unfortunate circumstances that, that, that black Americans have had to struggle and deal with in our country. However, it gives some type of a perspective, some type of a common ground in, in the conversations. And I strongly and always occur, encourage people to have those conversations because you uncover so much about someone else's perspective, specifically when it comes to marginalized communities within our country. Black people are taught day in and day out. You know, we talk about this often, how to behave when they're pulled over, how to behave when they're in a all white community or an all white establishment, right? Don't stand out. Don't, don't, don't have this certain persona that's portrayed in news and media of this thug type of an individual. You have to be able to speak the King's English, or I think we're at the Queen's English now. I don't know. One of one of their Englishes, um, right? But you have to be articulate and you, you, you have to, to sound educated. You know, I, I, I think about the, the people, people that I've had conversations with that, you know, the general society would not think are, are, are educated enough, but I'll, I'll, like I've had interviews with people that, um, you know, you, you, you would think just based off of their engagement that they're, they're, they're not intelligent because they don't speak the King's English, but are probably some of the smartest people that I've had conversations with. But society would never give them that because they're Black and they have this persona of, you know, being from the hood or whatever. It, 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 it really is a drastic um, and unfair way to, to perceive someone specifically because of their color. Uh, go ahead. I, 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 there's there's a, a comment that came in that I've always wanted to address, and I figure right now is the perfect time to address this. This could be a learning opportunity for me. So Nylor says it's important to first define terms uh, for clarity of conversation. We can all be bigots, but racism is about having power over people. Black folk can't be black folk can't be racist without systemic power to oppress. So this is where I get confused because I have often heard that you cannot like white people can experience racism. And this is where I don't understand. So uh, the definition of racism, prejudice, discrimination or antagonism directed against a person or people on the uh, basis of their membership of a particular race or ethnic group. So uh, 
or the belief that different races possess distinct characteristics, abilities, or qualities, especially. Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, you wrote the whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. My point is, from from that definition alone, it sounds like anyone can be a victim of racism. However, in America, white people cannot be victims of systemic racism. Is that more accurate? So, you know, and it takes our, our good friend and uh, and our sibling show co-host Cynthia McDonald and probably Malcolm Ward. I've just never heard him go into this to go through the history of that that uh, that definition. Here's the thing: when it comes to systemic racism, no white people can't be uh, victims of systemic racism because systemic racism was specifically designed for the and and you have to look at it as as such the betterment, the protection the sustainability of white culture, which is why we have what's called white supremacy in this country. That's the original design of this culture in our country. It was designed for the sustainability of white people. So systemic and systemic racism, when we look at systemic racism, you're looking at all of these systems that were implied, excuse me, that were imposed to keep black people marginalized, to keep black people inferior to white people, to white Americans. When you look at chattel slavery and starting with chattel slavery, moving into Jim Crow, you, you have to examine the intention that, that there was to keep the, 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 the black, which we weren't even citizens at that time, but black Americans inferior to white people, right? So chattel slavery was that and, and, and Jim Crow, when we moved into Jim Crow and all of the laws that were put into place like se se separate but equal um, and uh, all of those things that, that, that were uh, designed to keep black people separate and um, inferior to white people. And then we moved to the, uh, the systems like banking, like redlining, like um, all the things that became covert racism. Um, all of these things are, are are designed to keep black people inferior. So when you talk about systemic racism, white people can't be victims of it because the society that is that has been developed was developed to keep white people superior. Okay. <clears throat> now, when we talk about racism, this one is it, it really kind of depends on who you ask when it comes to that definition that's that's listed there. I think you probably got that from where Webster. Uh dictionary.com uh here i'll go to miriam webster and read exactly uh what it says a belief that race is fundamental uh determinant of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race okay so with that definition anyone could be a victim of racism is that you know, with that with that particular definition, possibly. But when you look at when you look at racism overall, and again talking about the culture and society that we have of white supremacy in our country, black people can never have superiority over white people, right? It's 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 not possible. Even if even if in and we look at how our legal system and how our police system has recently played out in 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 several events. Um, if any event, let's take your, your situation of being the only white guy at, at, a, at a karaoke event with, with all black people. Uh, even if there was a situation that was to come to needing a police officer or, you know, getting involved in some type of, of, of justice uh, system um, or situation, excuse me, 
um, it's it nine times out of ten you're going to be looked at as the person that can come out on top of the situation, and that's the, the that's the racism that's set up in our country in regard to where the superiority lies. Black people can't be the superior race because we still have a problem finding value and equity in black lives. We have a whole movement about black lives mattering and people are, 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 are running towards this being this, I don't know, anarchist group or whatever they're calling it these days. I don't even know because I don't pay attention oh, to so that. We, we're going to have to be prepared for that talk next, next Wednesday because oh. one of our guests believes that black lives matter is uh, I, I don't want to misrepresent her, but from my understanding of her position, uh, she does believe that Black Lives Matter is borderline a terrorist organization. Yeah, well, um, so is the KKK. We still haven't we still haven't classified that as a terrorist organization. Right there. Forget that. Yeah, exactly. No, right. And again, going into uh, Trump's speech yesterday, for those that didn't hear it, he went on and on that if Biden takes over, you know the the left or the radical left as he calls it particularly you know the violent protesters are going to burn the whole country down and it is only his saving grace that is preventing us from defending not, the chaos and saving going fresh to, second amendment we are not going to lend this conversation to that and we're going to wait until next week about the fact that everything that he's talking about is happening in his america but I will say this, like this is our current situation. All of this is happening in his America. So let's just put that out there. However, I, I can't hold anything that he says with, with any value because he still won't, as we talked about before, acknowledge the fact that systemic racism is a problem in our country. He won't even acknowledge that as a leader of this country. How can he be the president for, we'll save that for next week. Anyway, so... <laughs> So I have to, I have to, I have well, to remember. But to that's the leader of my country right now. At least from my stance, Biden's not much better, man. Because remember, oh, he's problematic wait, for the black community. Let, let me. What did you say? He's problematic for the black community. Let's because let's be if clear. You vote for Trump. Oh, I'm probably. Uh, get me on this quote. If you vote for Trump, you ain't black or something. Joe, or who, you can't say that, black. Joe. You can't say that. <laughs> Oh, Joe! What hey, is that, Eden, man? Stop, stop bringing up old shit, okay? We trying to get to, we trying to get past the, the right. past. Sorry, <laughs> defeat the purpose here. We still got to get Biden in office. Um, it sucks, man. I know. I don't. I, like, I just can't help it. I am dreading putting his name on the ballot or checking him off. Like, I, I don't want to do that. But anyways, we can move we'll on because <laughs> I'm sure we're going to have like a two hour show next week because we're going to be. <laughs> right. going exactly. back yeah. Oh, there's so much there to cover. And it looks like there's a great conversation going on over at YouTube. If you're again, if you're watching on Facebook, please log on on to click the YouTube link. Join the conversation. Share this on your social media platform. Let's have a conversation about racial experiences as well as as we're probably going to move into Brianna Taylor. Uh, best name ever. And heritage wealth planning, I, I, I haven't been had a chance to go through the whole conversation that they're having, but um, it seems that it's uh, it, well, it, they're, they're having a great discussion. They are, but I wish uh, heritage wealth. If you could kind of clarify where you're, you're you're at on this, I'm uh, like I, I I'm understanding your your comments, but not necessarily your opinion. So if um, 
perhaps you could say where, where, where you're at on the spectrum is the best way I can put it. And I, I want to respond to Angelo D's question about elaborating on the King's English. This the, the, the King's English is, if I remember correctly, based on a standard that is either mid-Atlantic or northeastern um, standard of English dialect. Can we actually, okay, I, I'm sorry, Rick. If, and if you don't want to address this, we don't have to. So to heritage wealth planning, white privilege is the rich kids who protest get arrested and then the rich dads bail them out. Yeah, oh. sure. That is possibly a form of privilege, but that's not the white privilege we're referring to. Right. Um, refer to what I said earlier. It is the ability for me to walk into a store, into a gas station, into a school with a hat, a hoodie, and a backpack on, and nobody even think or look at me twice. But the second a black person walks in, doesn't have, like, maybe has has a hoodie on, oh, you know, why is that hoodie bag? They get questioned. Take the backpack off. Oh, you need to take your hat off so I can see your face. We, as white people, in most scenarios, do not suffer from that. We're not victims of that type of, let me see if I got it right, systemic racism? And, and uh, uh, discrimination. Thank you. I was going to say discretion. Discrimination. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> discrimination. And I think even more so to, to, to his question, I, here's the thing. We, as a, as a country, have an issue with understanding that there is value in Black lives. And I, I kind of get into this before. Uh, there's, there's a lack of equity in, in the Black existence and, and, and the contribution to our society that Black Americans make. Unfortunately, there's this perception that white Americans provide the best for our society and the best have the most equity within providing for our society. That, that's where white privilege is derived from. That's why there are, and with, with systemic racism and, and white supremacy being the, the, the culture and, and the system that we live in, there is, it, it, therein lies where white privilege is born from. So white people aren't accused or aren't treated or aren't discriminated against because the standard is what you see in white lives or in white people in our, in our country. Um, Ethan brings a, very, a, a great example. There are two different scenarios that can happen when you're black and when you're white, when you walk into a, a, a particular establishment. Um, and I think that it's important to, to understand, as I said before, when you know what your, where your privilege is, it's, when, it's that ability to take that and, and, and make changes, not only in your own behavior, but also in behavior of people that are around you that you can hold accountable. I can hold men accountable for the way that they treat women because I'm understanding, listening to women about their perspective, about their 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 life, about what they've been taught in this patriarchal society. That's I have a privilege. I now can adjust my behavior to accommodate for that privilege so that I'm not in a necessarily a benefiting position anymore, but able to make changes to how that marginalized community is treated at least for my own behavior and people that are around me. Those are the things that when it comes to privilege and understanding your privilege, that's important. It's okay to, 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 to know where your privilege lies as long as you're using that to make changes, the necessary changes uh, that are gonna benefit and remove marginalization from, from other communities. <sighs> Shall we get into this Breonna Taylor thing? Do I, do I think you have a question? Let's jump in, I have no questions. So, for those of you that may not know, and I don't know if how you cannot know, but if you have not been paying attention, 
we've talked about several times for, I think we're at like six months now that uh, the Breonna Taylor incident took place. And the Breonna Taylor incident is Breonna Taylor and her boyfriend, um, Kenneth, were in her apartment. There was a no-knock warrant that allowed police officers to um, barge into their their house, their apartment, excuse me, and it, it resulted in the loss of life of Breonna Taylor. Uh, there were three police officers that shot, it seems, and... The announcement was made today that uh, of the charges that were that, that are going to be filed or indicted, excuse me, and uh, it's a sad day in America. Uh, we've talked about the fact that we've been waiting for some type of justice for Breonna Taylor a few times on this show, and as f- for those of you that have been following us since we started, we've we started this show because of Ahmad Taylor and the incident that happened with Ahmad Taylor. Shortly after that, we learned about I'm sorry, uh, Ahmad Arbery. Uh, we learned about Breonna Taylor. Uh, very soon after we started the show and then we got to George Floyd. I don't even want to go through the rest of the hashtag names. So Brianna Taylor was killed. We in her should apartment. have a list and we should I put guess, it on screen. Yeah, I'm sure there's a list. Ethan, there is a list. I know there's a list and it, it's, it's upsetting. It's frustrating. It's disgusting. It's, 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 it's horrible to look at right. because that list is long. However, um, so the Kentucky... Uh, Kentucky Attorney General made the announcement today that the grand jury has decided to indict one officer with one endangerment um, of other residents of the apartment and the other two officers involved in the shooting of Breonna Taylor and the death of Breonna Taylor will not be charged. There's a few things here, guys, that I'm, 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 I'm trying my hardest to to deal with. Um, I Heritage Wealth Planning just made a comment. I want to I want to circle back to that in just a second. Uh, okay. But I, I, I need to say for just real briefly, you know, it, it's it's exhausting. And I've said before, it's exhausting to have these conversations. It's exhausting to talk about this. It's it's exhausting to have to continuously convince people that systemic racism exists. It's disheartening. It's no, no, we should all in this country have an understanding that each one of our lives has merit and has value and has equity. But here we are facing a system that time and time again, and I'm going to say it like this, shits on its black citizens. Time and time again. Continues to shit on its black citizens. And for those of you that may think that because uh, Daniel Cameron was the attorney general and he is a black man, let me be clear, and I posted this on my page, Daniel Cameron is in bed with Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell endorsed Daniel Cameron. Um, so that should tell you something right there. But we're going to get into these charges uh, here in just a second and the unfortunate situation that has taken place and the sad day here in America that we unfortunately have to deal with. Um, <clears throat> Heritage Wealth Planning said uh, that he appreciated the convo. Um, he's mentioning changing the tack that he we have an audience who can be convinced and he's pro reparations for ados which is american descendants of slaves uh but it takes a different way to present the argument i'm i'm not sure i i really understand what you're getting at there um i think first and foremost having the conversation specifically is important but at the end of the day as i've said before 
the conversation needs to be had, and I'll continue to say this, the conversation needs to be had by white Americans. The conversation should be taking place in, in white executive boardrooms, predominantly white executive boardrooms, in white, all white rural communities. There's, that's where the conversation should be had. Um, we're having the conversation for people to be aware of and ask questions and engage. But for reformation, for changes, for for those that systemic racism to and white and, and white superiority to uh, be dismantled, that's going to take the conversation of white people amongst white people, and specifically white people who understand the value of Black lives. That's where that conversation should be taking place. But I appreciate the fact that you do support um, the ADOS movement, ADOS movement, and reparations. And more white people should, more Americans should. That should be a conversation that should be taking place more consistently than it is. Uh, but I, I don't know, know if I necessarily really understand the, the, the place that you were going with that. But um, so, Ethan, here we are, man. I've, uh, I have I saw this today and it was like another gut punch. You know, it, it, it really can was. Man, it, how? I was going to say, can you, can you, how does it? make you feel because i i i don't know yeah there, there there's a few things here man um first and foremost i i think that you know again like i said we we have a, a system that's shitted on black people but specifically black women i think black women unfortunately in our country have the lowest value and equity in regards to our society i can't help but think man if that had been a white woman how aggressively they would have pursued charges against the police officers especially if those police officers were black, oh. how they would have aggressively gone after some type of charge. You you mean to tell me? And I, I listened to the attorney general. I listened to his whole presentation. I listened to the answers that he gave the reporters to the questions that they had. And one of the things that struck me was that one of the reporters asked after he mentioned that there are six counts or I'm sorry, uh, six levels of homicide in Kentucky. None of them applied to the situation because. Uh, uh, her boyfriend, Kenneth, shot, fired shots or fired a shot and they returned fire. So therefore, they were justified in their shooting. Breonna Taylor was just a casualty of the situation. Um, none of their homicide levels uh, applied in this situation. You mean to tell me that you couldn't find a manslaughter charge, as one of the reporters asked, or you couldn't find a, a, a reckless endangerment of life or something that would hold these police officers accountable for taking the life of Breonna Taylor. At the end of the day, there is a family grieving for the loss of this beautiful soul. I don't know if you've seen the documentary. I think New York Times has a documentary on Hulu that has uh, accounts of her and her life. I, you know, I really think that, that the grand jury should have, have had a chance to see that, right? Had a chance to really val get, a, get an understanding of the value of her life what she was doing, where she was going in her life, where she had plans to do, so that they understood it wasn't just someone who got shot. Furthermore, the fact that we have a grand jury that we don't know if it was the Brianna's peers because grand juries are held in secret. There are so many things with this that need to be changed. And here we are at a, at a, at a, at a crossroad of, of, of a chance to possibly make some changes, possibly make some changes on the heels of an election coming up in November. Kentucky, anyone that's in Kentucky that might be watching this, Mitch McConnell is up for re-election in November. Your attorney general is up for election, I believe, in 2023. 
here's your chance to make some changes. And if you're out there protesting and damaging the city, which is probably going to happen. And at this point, I, I don't even know, you know, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of violence. I don't encourage violence, you know, when Same. it comes to, you know, uh, protesting. Um, but at this point, I, and I, I've said it before, I understand it. Man, people are pissed. People are frustrated. You continue to shit on an entire culture of citizens in this country. What do you expect to happen? Like, what do you expect to happen? Especially when jumping back, when people like Colin Kaepernick kneel and they freak kneel. out. You can't protest like that. Like, okay, well, you know what? If you keep shutting down black people in the, when they're protesting in the most civil way possible, eventually it's going to boil over and they're going to bring it to the next level. And it's not even just black people, Ethan. I mean, you know, no, here's no. the thing that I've said before. Right. We've had these you look at you look at the history of black people trying to change our culture and our society, right? There have been protests. We've black people have tried everything. They have tried everything. So I, I, I'm, I've seen this, and we've seen this as we've as uh, news outlets have have been uh, covering these 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 protesting stories. And I think you get a different perspective depending on which news outlet you're looking at. But what you do see is a diverse amount of people out there uh, who are really engaging in not only the protesting but also the rioting and the looting. Um, it's people are frustrated. People are, people are pissed. People are upset and rightfully so every American citizen should be upset at what took place with Absolutely. this, this, this announcement. I, I, I just, it's upsetting, man. It's, it's, it's upsetting. You know, I'm, I, I, I have sisters as one of them was was in the chat commenting. Your I don't know if she's still there. Your sister, the one I met, is a badass. That's I'm just saying. <laughs> and that's that's Brandy. That's, <laughs> that's one powerful woman. <laughs> but all of my sisters are, you know. And, and but I, I grew up in 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 a, in a household of women. I grew up, you know, with with having sisters. Um, I personally understand that there is a value to black women's lives, but yet. Again, here we are, just like with Sandra Bland, that shit gets swept under the rug. Yes, the city, Louisville, settled with the, the Taylor family for, I think, a $12 million settlement. But A, is that the price that we put on, on the value of someone's life, first off? And B, why does that not mean that there are also criminal, why is there no criminal justice for her? We failed her. We failed her. The system failed her. And black women again are 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 mistreated and and have a this perception of a, a a lesser value in our society than anyone. You know, black cis women, black trans women. Unfortunately, black women are just not held to any type of regard that they should be held to, despite all of the things that black women do for this country. That might be a topic for another show too. Uh, except one in particular. No, no Candace Owens. Let's not include <laughs> Yo, I can't with Candace Owens, man. I, I, please, my blood pressure is already... I can't even wait to hear. She's going to have something to say about this. And I, I just... I, I, ugh, if, ugh, I, I, I'm won't Look, I don't want to say this just because someone disagrees with me because there are many people on the right who are are genuine to their position 
Candace Owens, I don't believe it. I really think she is a political puppet that people pay yeah. say what or tell her what they want her to say. Like I just I I don't think she actually believes the bullshit. She is the Candace Owens and what are those other brothers? Uh, the two twins. I brothers? call them. I call them the hodgepodge twins, but they're the hodgepodge twins. twins. Like yeah. okay, the, those are literally like the three people every white Republican I know points to when they want to back up their opinion. They're like, look, look, well, this black guy or this black woman, they agree with me. Like okay, let's look at this. Through a skeptic's lynch, the majority of the black population does not agree with them. In fact, it's a very small number who agrees with them. So maybe white people, you're missing something. Maybe you should maybe start listening to the people that are in these situations who are suffering day to day. Because I can tell you this, Candace Owens and the Hodge twins, they're they're probably uh financially well off and don't necessarily have the concerns uh, of many other uh, people suffering in the black community. Um, as well as those other two chicks, I can't remember their names, that they just, uh, I think they just mentioned something about discrimination at Fox News, or I can't remember their names, but it, it, it's, a, it's a small portion or group of them, of, of, of these individuals who are political puppets, as you've mentioned, Candace Owens specifically. I just think the hodgepodge twins are just out there to make laughs and, and make light of situations, but are getting funding yeah. from the right. I, I they should, they should go do gay porn or something like that. Just I, 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 to be clear, I actually do think the Hodge twins believe what they're saying. Do right. I think they're funding from conservative America? Absolutely. But, and they sound dumb. As, never mind. Go ahead. They, they, you know, they are really, they're, they're not that dumb. They're, they're just missing a lot of the information. They are both brilliant human beings, but they take just enough of the information, not all of it, and then they spew it back out with their opinion to support their side. Like, I just, I don't know. Candace Owens, not genuine to me. Hodgepodge. No, now I'm going to call them. <laughs> The hodgepodgeans seem fairly genuine to their uh, position, even though they're complete assholes. They, 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 and that's what I think for me. Like they, maybe because it's their brand that they feel like they have to portray, you know, these southern um, kind of goofball type, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, type of personality. Um, it, it, it's. Again, maybe that's their brand, but in a time where we are really trying to combat and make changes in our society against systemic racism and white supremacy, this is not the time for that. You know what I mean? Like this is this is not the time for that. This is this is where we're supposed to be fighting for changes to these systems. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not and people like I I'm gonna keep saying that now. The hodgepodge twins, Candace Owens, like Tommy. Who I can't believe, Rick. I am so disappointed you've never heard of Tommy Lauren until the other day. She mm. is like the quintessential white picket fence conservative Christian American that men adore because of her attractiveness and because she comes on camera and just yells. Just um, probably because I'm gay, I've never really found her attractive or even knew who she was. I mean, I, okay. I'm going to go with that. When I was a conservative, I was like in love with her. I was just like, 
Oh, I was this waiting for you to say when you were a gay, and I was just, I thought that's where you were going, with it, but <laughs> fine, we'll say when you were a conservative. <laughs> Not when I was gay, yeah. When I was a conservative, I, mean, <laughs> I was in love with her. I'm like, this is the, this is what like all women need to be like. And 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 looking back, I'm like, okay, one, there's no standard that women need to be like. That's ridiculous. But I was two, say, yeah, patriarchal society. There it is. Right. Exactly. Male privilege. Um, you know, and that's the other thing that little things like that, like being aware of white privilege, being aware of the patriarchy. Like I wasn't aware of those things when I was a conservative. I, I, I thought it was all made up because I would use that argument that, look, if we look at the laws in place, there's no specific law that you can point to that is directly, you know, attacking the, the black community or, you know, women. I, I, I didn't understand all the, 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 the years and baggage that that this country has that impacts black people like the system is not set up for them and i i'd like to you know it's to me the best way to explain systemic racism um would be to for example let's say rick right now you and i create in, in, our, in our backyard we create the biggest uh uh like dog playground ever dogs live there they're let me just interject and say, for those of you that are watching, Ethan and I don't have a backyard together, just so you know. Still Did I say it. that? You said our backyard. So, yeah, and by the way, Randolph, I, I, I would recommend if you haven't uh, checked out Tom, not that I want to send people to Tommy Lauren, but she is like just very, very in your face, right wing. The left is going to destroying this country. They're burning it down. She's like a President Trump, like repeat puppet, like law and order. Those crappy, annoying comments. Oh, uh, God. Anyway, so, but let before me you do, let me, let, let me just say real quick for those of you that are watching that might have questions about this. Um, I'll say I've said it before and I'll say it again. This bipartisan system that we have in our country does not support the well-being or benefit of black people neither the left or the right, okay? So please don't rely on either of those two as your argument basis for helping or supporting the black community. The only thing I attribute to the Democratic or the right to the left side is the fact that they will actually voice or vocalize that systemic racism is a problem in our country. That's it. Historically, neither system, neither party, neither partisan is, has been a, a support to the benefit and well-being of the black community. All right, so... Dog park in the backyard. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, for for we have this dog park where the dogs live each and every day. Um, so, let's say we've had this thing for 100 years, and it's always dogs breeding and living in there, and that's it. And then, all of a sudden, you know, we bring cats in. Now, are there any laws in there, or, you know, do we have any rules in place restricting cats? or you know directly impacting them no but it is set up for the dogs not the cats is that is that accurate or is my analogy totally off actually that was a really good analogy Ethan. i think i'm going to take that moving forward like that that was great you came up with finally the brain does something and for people, and listen, this is why that's going to be, uh, I want you to take this on the road, Ethan, I really do, because, you know, when it comes to white Americans, if nothing else, I will tell you 
that white Americans value pets over black people. So I think that's actually going to be the best analogy to use for people to understand the difference. And you heard it here first on In Black and White. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that was a great analogy. So white people, take that with you. Um, utilize that <laughs> analogy to, to explain the way that our society is set up. Well done, Ethan. Thanks. Um, okay, so, so on that note, we're out of here because that was a great way to close it. That was, <laughs> I was going to say. No, actually, was, it really was. You know, but at the end of the day, real, real quick, I think, you know, for, for those of you all who are uh, Randolph, that's not true. Cats are not smarter than dogs. Dogs are the best. Um, no, it could actually possibly be. I'm just a dog person. Ethan's a cat person. So yeah, here we are. Band-Aid, where are you? Here, here, here we are on the reverse side of this. The system is set up for dogs, which I appreciate. And here come the cats with no benefit to the system and enter Ethan. Uh, it's a reverse, reverse role there. Um, hey, listen, for those of you that are watching, share this on your platforms. Get involved in the conversations when it comes to race and racial experiences. Continue, continue to discuss these issues because we're not going to be able to make changes until... We bring it to the forefront. As you've heard me say, gaslighting racism is detrimental for our country. And we have an administration and leadership who unfortunately gaslights racism consistently. And that's dangerous. That's 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 dangerous. Um, anything else to wrap up with there, Ethan? Um, no. Uh, man, that was uh, I got to say, Rick. I really enjoyed this, this this episode. I was really worried about this one. I was like, you know, we don't have a lot of material for this one, but you know, I really enjoyed it. Like we, we have great chemistry. We talk, we can we talk. Do. That's important. Awesome. On in it's black and white. In black and white, like just blends together. And and for those of you that are someone who made a comment earlier, there will not be a black light and a white light in on the show. That's it's not happening. Knock it off. <laughs> hey, make sure to Wednesday, like and subscribe. <laughs> I want to see you in both the white and black light and see what happens there. I know. I want to see what it looks like. That's crazy. For those of you that are watching again, please make sure that you are uh, that you like you like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit the alarm button so that you can get alerts for all the content on YFNA News. Continue to help us build the platform. We're really looking to engage in great content for you. And that's going to happen with your contribution to to uh, and support for our for building our channel. Yeah, and thanks for tuning in. And you know, one thing I do love about this show, Rick, is for for those that don't know, I am very much the uh, like cisgender old white dude who's learning all this stuff. You know, I wasn't always aware of you know uh, racial issues, and so every time we talk, to me, it is a learning opportunity, Rick. So. You know, but just be aware, one of these days, I'm probably going to say something stupid. I, I hope I don't, but one of these days, one of those old white boy things is going to come out, and then I'm going to think about it afterward and be like, oh, shit, I didn't mean it like that. I'm done. <laughs> I think if it hasn't come up by now, Ethan, you're probably okay because you're just kind of stay in learning mode. But keep in mind that this is a learning opportunity for a lot of people. This is therapy for me. The chance to just talk about some shit, get some shit off my chest, like this dumbass Brianna Taylor announcement today, which is probably going to erupt the city in several cities, and we'll see what happens from there. Hey, big thank to thank you to all of our uh, top Patreons uh, who support our channel at YFNA News. I'll let Ethan read those. Marcia, names. 
Philip Pellows and Cynthia McDonald and best name ever. And best name ever, who is in the comments, is Marsha. I don't think Marsha hasn't been in the comments today. Has she added to her in the comments? But thank you to all of you all who are watching, especially um, best name ever, who, who has been engaging in conversation. And to those of you who have been participating, um, share this on your platforms. And if you want to just buy us a coffee, that link is also there too. But please become a Patreon to help us build content and to continue to create a great network and channel for you. Be sure to check out in black, uh, excuse me, the 13% on Monday nights at 7 p.m. here on YFN News, 7 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Happy mm-hmm. aut- aut- autumnal equinox. Um, I think that was yesterday or the day before. We Just a couple of days into fall. Oh, yesterday. That was yesterday, the first day of fall. For those of you that have seasonal depression, make sure that you're taking care of your mental health. It is something to be aware of. I do hate fall and winter for that reason, uh, but it's a season that we have to get through and we will get through it together along with uh, this COVID season that we're still trying to combat. Man, remember one thing. As long as there is racism to fight, there will always be in black and white. Good night, everyone. Have a good night. (laughs) 